Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're here on the Learn and Listen podcast. My name is Jackson. My name is Connor, and we're uh, with our special guests today, Cole and Mac over here, and our lovely moderator, Brayden. Um, um, let's just jump right in. Before, before we jump right in, let's just talk. We just want to make sure this is a civil conversation. We don't want anything to go yeah. off the rails. So the moderator's here. Remind uh, everyone if that needs no to No insulting, happen. like, no just blatant insulting. Just saying, like, hey, you're stupid. Stuff like that. Don't. Yeah. There's no point to that. We want, we want this podcast where people learn from other people's opinions. So with that said, let's get right into our first topic. Um, we also might have some other people joining in later. But let's get right into first topic. Jackson, you want to take that away? Yes. Absolutely. Our first topic tonight is the impeachment of the rather the second impeachment of Donald John Trump. Uh, this has been pretty chronic um, after the now infamous Capitol Hill incident. Um, there have been numerous calls that have now formed into an actual attempt uh, to remove the president now with it more and more seeming like this move may in fact succeed. Uh, it's already passed through the House, just a matter of the Senate. Uh, though it's looking, uh, for, you know, to provide continued contact, looking more and more like this will not go through before the president leaves office. So that's our big focus of the debate is, is it really worth it after the president's left to then continue on with this or should we move on? So let's get started. So I'll go ahead and just say something about this because I think, I know personally, like I've heard Joe Biden just say, this is basically like, it's just going to take away from the next presidency and fixing every bigger issues that we have right now. So I feel like, um, in my personal opinion also, is just that that it's probably better that we go and just focus on the bigger issues at hand right now um, with with everything that's happening. Because um, I also, I think that an impeachment will lead to more division in the country than already there is. Anyone else want to comment on that? I agree. Like, I think that in the, like these final days that Trump has in office, the House and Senate should be much more uh, focused on making a peaceful and easy transition and also just trying to figure out legislation or before he left so they can continue it i guess as long as they have that momentum still is that is that it or can you just other than trying to boot out the current administration that's already leaving if trump is really guilty then i think that they should not leave it to like the house and senate to um to convict him of crimes that it should just be done by other courts well let's keep in mind that impeachment is not arresting the president impeachment is a political arrest you could say and i think part of it and i i agree with you that i do think it distracts from the new inauguration i think if they're going to do it they should wait until a, a few weeks after biden's administration to do it and obviously there's no point in impeaching a president who's five days away from um, leaving office. So the reason the, what I've heard, the reason why they actually are trying to do this is to prevent him from holding future office, to prevent him from being able to pardon people he's worked with, and to set a precedent for future presidents. Yeah, yes, that's, exactly. that's basically I think exactly. Not to mention, actually, there's two other there's two other conditions there. Uh, also to strip him of his uh, secret security, and additionally his pension. 
um, presidential pension. So that's the kind of their motive there. Um, in terms, oh, yes, go ahead. And that's why when I say like, should we, should he be impeached or not? Like, I feel like it could come to bite me in the butt eventually if, if I don't, if, if I say this now and then somehow he gets, runs again in the next election and wins or something like that could come. But I feel like the odds are that are very low, but what the odds were really low for him to win the first. If you're willing, Sophia, would you talk on what your opinion on that is? And um, Well, what dog like people are more attached to him than they are to his office or his party even. And he still has like, I think like a 40% or among, among Republican, I think it's like 75%. And overall, I think it's like a 40% approval rating. Um, and if, if Biden, you know, really screwed up his presidency, it's not inconceivable that he could still enjoy enough support to be um, even a, can a, a popular consideration for a candidate again. Yeah, I also think that oh, comes oh, right. You go first. Um, the other oh. thing that when we talk about like if he would ever get reelected is um, is the Republican Party and how they're going to go forward from this, what's happened in this um, past four years. I mean, how the Republican Party also is just declining and I feel like um, in popularity also just, they have to do something to appeal to younger people. They're not that much, there's not a lot of, I feel like a lot of young people in the Republican Party. So I don't know what their next steps are gonna be to do that and change to beat any random person that's got out of office. I don't know that Jackson. Yeah, I believe, that. I believe he'll get reelected if this if he doesn't get impeached. But if it's not, I feel like it wouldn't. It just depends on where the Republican Party is going to go in four years. The Republican Party, if they also need to hold on to their own conservative base, because I, I feel like a lot of conservatives especially are wanting to not identify with the Republican Party because there's many things that they disagree with and many of the things that they do in office just go against what they want, myself included. Like, I would support a smaller government and that they don't interfere with our lives. But again, the Republicans, just like the Democrats, are all into big government. So it's not a, really a position that I agree with i couldn't call myself a conservative but definitely not a republican yeah yeah so i would also add on that um one of the perhaps i'd argue even the biggest um issue for the gop uh is to figure out where exactly what exactly it wants to be it does it has an identity crisis right now it is becoming more and more fractured you know we often think of the Democrats as the generally more loose and divided party. But right now, I'd almost argue that the Republicans are very much the one uh, more fractured at this point, because you see a very strong rift between the more traditionalist establishment wing and the more populist up and coming Trump, Trump wing. And so it really, it's, um, you know, it's going to have to figure out is it, does it want to try and balance both? Does it want to try and lean completely towards one or the other, you know, and be fine with the consequences of that potentially? Um, it, that's a really, it's a really big thing they got to figure out because um, otherwise, you know, the status quo just is not working out for them. Um, it's going to hurt them in the long run, I, I think. Um, and we, we've seen this throughout history, like parties have faced crises where they've, they've created fragmentation and in some cases, they've actually split up before, although Democrats and Republicans have endured for a very long time 
through, I mean, you know, 100 years ago, there or 150 years ago or so, their political opinions were, you know, you couldn't, that you wouldn't be able to draw any con connection between them today. So who knows what will happen with the parties in the future. I also think that, that they're, it's, the parties have been stale for a long time. Like just, they have been like, you know, not in the stale sense, just like, you haven't had like, I feel like I, I'm more prone to having more parties than not, or not even having parties because I don't think it just creates more divide than anything else. Um, but at, being the same parties for so long, I feel like has created some problem in that sense in one way too. Um, a lot different from the back when or people are talking about a civil war, but the thing that was different that, um, today and 150 years ago is the politics of like the geography of people's politics is not completely divided. There's not a Democratic South or a Republican North. It's more of urban versus rural at this point. This is what the main divide is in America these days, I think. It's crazy to think how how the Democrats were were mostly a was mostly white businessmen in the South for slavery at that time, and now it's total like opposite in the sense. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, it was the uh, the New Deal block. I think it was called. It appealed to white Southerners, minor colored minorities, intellectuals working class people and uh I, I think those were the four main groups but those were like the solid base of the democratic party in the 30s that began to change during the 60s and 70s especially with barry goldwater in 1964 he was able to sweep the south despite losing quite substantially nationally to it just brings up it just brings up so many questions where is the the republican party going to go from this i just you have no idea I think they're trying to appeal a lot, especially the populist wing to the working class, especially in the Rust Belt, because yeah. that's, a, that's a lot. Of yes, Trump is. very much tries to, yes, as, as Mac was saying, Trump very much tries to style himself as class president. You know, some may argue, oh, it's kind of ironic because, you know, Trump was kind of the yuppies yuppie back in the 80s. You know, he's practically the biggest man in Wall Street and you know, New York and all that his name on everything but um regardless he's you know very much a lot of the common blue collar workers very much see somehow you know see themselves in, in what they want to be you know they see him as kind of they it's easy for them to idolize him i think because they want to be like him you know they see that wealth they see that uh fortune they see that fame they like it um and populists like to take um, they, they, they sorry um they like to express these problems in like in very tangible ways like it, it's true like there are a lot of like the average like lower middle class person lower working class person has a lot of problems and you know if you're a coal worker and you're losing coal jobs it's where to go through that's exactly one one of the problems with the impeachment that we talked about before guys was was and then you can have someone who articulates that and you know pro pro projects a strong face and that's what trump did but the problem is you actually have to do things and the easy solution isn't always what actually can work yeah i mean in those in those cold towns and those oh, a lot of a lot of times they're in in um mountains i think the only for this kind of goes off topic but i think in my opinion the one of the biggest things they could do to bring back business is bring tourism i mean mountains are very a lot of different activities you can do out in the mountains i mean 
you could bring a lot more people into a town just by um, tourism and especially through hikes and mountain biking and all different kinds of things. I've been reading a book about um, called the, uh, what is it? The Outdoor Citizen, I think it is. Who exactly is going to be benefiting from that tourism? To the town in general. I mean, think about, think about um, uh, National Radio Astronomy Observatory and that we went to. The only thing in that town was that observatory. So bringing things like that in will bring more jobs in. Will it be as, as, as profitable as coal and how many jobs it brings in? No, but I, you can't bring back coal to these places because coal demand is going down. I mean, it, it's basic, just financial. The, there's a lot cheaper ways you can do it. And a lot of people are pushing for greener, uh, more renewable ways. So what, what are these towns gonna do? I feel like tourism is some way you could get yourselves a lot. These places have abundance of green space that could be attractive to people that are living in the cities when we have a lot of higher populations in cities. Well, maybe back, maybe back to the impeachment question a little bit. Yeah, I was about um, to say we need to slide back there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so assuming that the Democrats um, impeachment of, and really the Democrats impeachment of President Trump wasn't just politically motivated, assuming it wasn't just they don't like Trump, they want to prevent him from taking office, assuming it was about a historical precedent, um, do you think in that context that impeachment is, is a good thing or not? I think, I mean, to an extent, look, actually, I'd say it's not even fully the Democrat. I mean, especially compared to the last one, we had 10, you know, I, I, it sounds like a small number in, in you know, in retrospect, because it's, you know, 435, but um, 10 representatives saying that they're going, they, they voted for impeachment uh, from the GOP. Uh, and then plenty of senators, um, you know, big names too, Mitt Romney, Mitch McConnell, Ben Sass. They, you know, they've said that they're all for going ahead with the impeachment and they will vote. Yes. So and I, I was say, you know, this, sorry, go ahead. Yes. No, no, oh, no, no. no. I was saying, um, okay. So many, I think also that uh, we have a problem with like social justice in general is, is somehow ends up in prison uh, or close to it impeachment we're gonna probably get um we've ever had and we're probably gonna get i think unless, unless the president did something really bad go ahead mac i do mac. think that is historically inaccurate in i don't remember the years in andrew johnson's presidency the senate was one vote away from impeaching him completely he, he was one vote away in the senate from being removed from office and that was a bipartisan well what is uh I think, I, think it was, I think that was more. I think it was more of it being the Senate being dominated by the Republicans at the time. But I, I don't know. We'll have to look into that. That's another discussion, Cormac. I want to have with you later on. Um, but, anyways, where were we? One interesting thing is the first impeachment. You could argue was probably more solid. Like there was more substantial evidence. You know, trying to or bribe or or, or trade with a, a foreign power. For your own benefit, you could call. You could clearly say that's treason, right? You could clearly make an argument that that's treason. And so the Democrats had a much stronger case for impeachment the first time. The second time, it was interpreting a set of tweets, which is you know a bit iffy, but yet it had more support because the impeachment had more context behind it than just that event. That was like the straw, but the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, but they there was so much like precedent behind that, and that's kind of why things proceed so quickly this time. I think is because there's a lot of backlash you mean is that kind of what you're well because people had because context matters like if he had if he made that tweet in a vacuum it wouldn't have been cause for impeachment 
But when you have, when people interpret what he's saying and, and, and like say his rallies or different things, they can interpret that a different way and they can say that he was actually inciting violence. So, so I, I, is that both Republican or Democrat and Democrats you think saying that? Well, I mean, it's mostly Democrats, but there are some Republicans as well. Uh, sedition. Uh, and the cause being the Trump Raffensperger phone call and the alleged incitement of the 2021 storming of the United States Capitol. So those are the official reasons uh, to provide context. That phone call was pretty good. Anyway. Um... Well, that's another, that's another thing. But I wanted, to, I wanted to touch on my thoughts on whether or not it's worth it. So Eve, that I, I, I'm, I would support an impeachment up until... Uh, and I'm talking specifically in this universally up and they're out of office. After that, uh, I think you have you have a time limit you, when you're you know doing it out of office. There is a time when, okay, the whole goal of impeachment is to remove them from office. So in doing so, uh, if once they're already out of office, okay, you've lost your chance now to strip them of the other things. You should have done that uh, if you really wanted to. You should have done that you know, when you had the chance. Then you've lost your chance. You've done, and you know you're going to have to live with it. What what happened? Uh, so that's that's the way I interpret it, anyways. I think okay, you know, then America needs to move on. We need to start. The best thing we can start doing is stop worrying about what uh, once once he's gone. Why are we still you know reflecting on? Why are we still worrying about Trump? You know, okay, I understand a little bit more when you know he's in his last couple of days of office. And, you know, I, I do think a little bit for me, the idea of Mike Pence being president even for just a little bit is kind of appealing for me. But um, after that, you know, it, it, we need to move on. You know, it's like when Nixon, you know, resigned and Ford pardoned him. You know, we need to move on. you got to just stop. Focusing. It's time to get started. Go go do something else. We have we got a virus. We got a pandemic. Uh, we've got all this. The race riots still going on. We've got all this stuff, attention and, de- and things we need to figure out that should be placed way higher on the priority list than stripping a man of, you know, his pension, you know, regardless of whether or not he needs it or anything like that. So that's my take. There's so many, I think, also that uh, we have a problem with, like, social justice in general is, is somehow ends up in the more in the judicial branch more often than than congress um in my opinion it shouldn't be happening it should be becoming law so then it's judged by that but so i just feel like if, if we started to get where i'm going with this is we need to focus on more important things like social justice and like we have a global pandemic going on we need we need to cooperate with foreign powers we need to, there's all these things and putting it taking putting the impeachment trial on and it takes over what happens with that is takes over the uh the tv basically all broadcasts what are they gonna be talking about the impeachment trial of course they would be and really right right now what we need to be talking about on tv is all these other problems that we have that are more important the impeachment i know like i said before it could come and bite me in the back again later but there's just more important things i feel like we need to do welcome max we're talking about the impeachment trial, uh, whether it's worth it or not at this point. If you want to weigh in on that, you're welcome to. So uh, let's get back to what we were talking about before. We're talking about the impeachment trial, um, whether the impeachment's worth it at this point. Um, let's hear, if you're willing, Sophia, would you talk on what your opinion on that is? And Well, what, what has already been said? Talk about your opinion, and it will be easier. We can just start from where your opinion says. 
I think the impeachment is worth it. And I think like we've, I'm, I sh- I'm sure you guys have gone over the physical like results of the impeachment, but I also like think that it's very symbolic. And I do think that that has value, you know, being impeached twice. I think that it's going to turn like, obviously the events of the past, you know, month or few months have turned a lot of, you know, supporters away from him. And I think that's a really good thing. And I think that the impeachment as well is contributing to that. So not just the effects of it, like actual in practicality, but like the, what it symbolizes, you know, this is like, this is a moment in history that I think is going to be a really big, moment um for a long time to come and so I think I think just the fact that it happened means something in and of itself and I think that's really important so if if we want to talk about also being a symbol of something um I think it's even bigger symbol to foreign powers we're not gonna you know if if I was gonna say something for impeachment I would say that this is a symbol that we're not gonna let this happen in in our in our country go ahead Cool. Well, Biden's, Biden's administration is coming in fresh. And obviously, from his perspective, uh, the what it symbolizes, you know, this is like, this is a moment in history that I think is going to be a really big moment. Start off on a fresh start. He wants to say this. I am not Trump. The U.S. is not Trump. This is a new administration. And we're going to do things differently. And so from that perspective, I don't know whether he would where he would encourage the impeachment or not, because on one hand, it disrupts his momentum on day one, trying to move. He's not been. He's been discouraged. Yeah, he hasn't. Yeah, but then on the other hand, like it, it gives him a, a bit of a fresh start. It kind of wipes. It's like, it's like drinking water after having like a terrible meal. Kind of cleans things down for him. Just having that precedent that we impeached him. You mean by that? If I'm getting this correctly. Well, yeah, and it's like I mean, impeachment is is a statement about. It, it's basically a statement that the United States as a country does not um, acknowledge Trump as a good leader or we acknowledge him as a flawed leader and therefore it kind of makes it clear to the world and when he's interacting with new people that like we're not actually supporting this guy yeah people you know that are making the news don't represent us as a country well that's what that's one of the problems we talked about is that the problem with if we go ahead if they go ahead with the impeachment trial it's just going to take a lot of time off television. If we're talking about where I feel like it should be devoted to what Biden's doing in his first days in office. And I think that's a, that's a lot of what we've talked about, Sophie, is just how, how we feel like it's a distraction from, from the beginning days of his administration. I mean, I think Cole's also touched about like, what if we did like, waited like 100 days or something, right, Cole? I think you said that, which could mitigate that problem just a little bit so he kind of gets settled into his job before this blows up. I'm just looking at an article from the Washington, um, Washington talking about what Biden's thoughts on the impeachment actually were. And it was that he wants them to impeach him really quickly at the same time that they pass his bills because the Senate has to approve his appointments and I'm sure he's going to want to undo executive orders made by President Trump and yeah. about COVID and the vaccine, stuff like that. So he, want, he does want both of them to happen, but he clearly is concerned about it hampering his agenda. I'm a bit confused on how that whole thing works. So you're saying like they can still impeach him even after he's done or not? I'm confused. Well, they started the process before he left. So they can continue it, I guess, as long as they have that momentum still. Is that is that it? Or can you just impeach any <laughs> random person out that's got out of office? I don't know that. Jackson, yeah, I, believe, I, believe he, I believe he can. 
to my knowledge, uh, it is constitutional and legal to do exactly that too. Um, but that also, retroactively that also I guess, another thing that comes with that, sorry, Jackson, it's also sets a precedent for, for later too. Like I get into office and then I, then I try to push impeachment of my last, the last president or something. That's way out there, but you know. Well, it is, it's not like they're impeaching him after he's already left office. Like they, they passed the impeachment while he was still president. And then, yeah. so they're still kind of in that timeline. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but the removal will be taking place after. Like if President Obama on his last day of office, like shot a man point blank, you know, in the White House, like, would you say it would be wrong to try to impeach him after the fact? At that point, you don't want to, you're not, you're not a political trial. You want a criminal trial. Well, that. okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to say like, uh, all right. All right. That's a bad example, but you get my point. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But still at the same time, I, I just, I can't shake, wipe away that feeling that, you know, there's, it's not a good set start for the national mood of the, uh, the national opinion of the country to continue focusing on the big man, the, the Donald. Um, I think it's, the past is in the past now. It's best one at least once he's out of office. It's just best to move on. You know, you know, it's one thing to do it while he's still in office. Uh, it's another to then continue trying to push this and you know just drive the, the stake in further. Um, yeah, go ahead. You're Matt. Absolutely right. I like it, it's about we should be focusing like government should be focusing on the people, not about the people within their government. I mean. Are, isn't their job supposedly to be helping the American citizens? Supposedly. Do the, yeah. I mean, they don't do a good job of that. It doesn't matter what party's in charge. But, exactly. like, if they should be, like, focusing on, you know, bringing us together. Like, Joe Biden is supposed to be, in his administration, they're supposed to be working for both Republicans and Democrats. But I feel like Republicans may feel a bit alienated if this were to go through. That's exactly That's one one of the problems with the impeachment that we talked about before, guys, was how it would divide the country even more than it already is. It's like, what's um, more important? It, is is it more important to set a historical precedent or is it more important to heal the country's divisions that are current and right? Is it important to think about what's going on right now or what's in the future? Well, they could do both. Good point. Do it quickly. Exactly. That's why. That's why I think historically it was a good move for Gerald Ford to pardon Nixon. You know, at that point, America needed to start healing. And um, I don't think that, that applies point, here, though. I mean, it definitely binds. I don't, see, I don't see what the difference is. I mean, you know, I'm not saying Biden should pardon Trump. No, I'm just saying that, you know, I think we need to get on with life and, and start. Yeah, no, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Move on. yeah. But I, I uh, but anyways. Oh, Connor. I also usually always say, let's make long-term plans. But in this situation, I feel like is healing is a better long-term plan. I feel like healing it now is probably better in the long-term, to be honest. I think that's one of the side note. I think one, one of our biggest problems with politicians, they don't make long-term plans. They're mostly short-term, um, which ruins the country in the long-term. Um, anyway. So, um, so I know, I, I'm sorry. Oh. I just got here. Um, would you guys be willing to tell me, like, I don't really know any of you guys except for All right. Connor yeah. and Jackson. So would you guys tell me, like, what your, like, political leaning is or, like, anything? Just... I mean, does it matter? Yeah, we're, I mean, we're trying like... to keep it just un yeah. not knowing. We kind of made it. We kind of made a thing that we wanted to try and 
keep the labels off of that's people. That's probably that good way. for me. Um, I don't mind sharing. Well, just introduce your names and like your schools. Yeah, well, I'm Cole. Um, I go to Almoral High School. I'm a junior. Um, I'm Cormac. I'm also junior. I go to Covenant. And we're all, all four of us are in the same Boy Scout troop, which is how we know each other. That's yeah. Awesome. All right. Moderator. Is that Max? No, that's me. No, that's that is uh, same one as last time. Braden. 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 Nice. Max left, I think. Max, Max popped in and dipped. I think this is a good, good time. Like, yeah. As we should move on, as, our, as the country should move on, so should we. Let's move on to our next topic. Um, I don't get to introduce myself. <laughs> Oh, introduce yourself. Um, I'm Sophia. I go to Albemarle. I'm a sophomore. I'm really into politics. Yeah. All That's right. It. Oh, I should have mentioned my YouTube. Yes. I <laughs> international geopolitics. YouTube. He has an excellent YouTube channel. It's actually very well made. Um, anyways, so death penalty. That's our big next Ooh. topic. This might get feisty. This might get, you know, Feist. heat up. So, um, yeah, so you know it's very relevant right now. The kind of Braden, Braden was really pushing for this topic in the, in Braden, the yes, Braden reproduction. So he's, he's here to listen, moderator. If you want to, um, so let's say it's been very relevant right now. A lot of federal executions have been taking place in the last couple of weeks. I mean, to my knowledge, we've just had two this week, and now we're about to move on to an administration that which is now anti-death penalty. Uh, so it's very, very much relevant right now. As you know, as also federal executions are a relatively are interesting in that they were gone for a while, but they've now been brought back uh, by the current administration, not the one that's about to take place, you know, take its place, but the current administration. So yeah, let's just dive right into it. What I think is interesting about the death penalty is that it's something where people from very different sides can argue for the same thing. Like, you could be a libertarian who says that the government doesn't have the right to kill people who they deem. And you can also be, you know, a human rights activist who says it's wrong to kill people, you know, as a society, period. And you can both agree the death penalty is wrong. I mean, personally, morally, as I think also as a Catholic, I think it's totally wrong. And I, I feel like that goes right in line with the Christian Catholic beliefs. Oh, is, is killing someone morally worse than locking them in prison forever? Definitely. I, I mean, Pap and Scale for a long time, like, just, they have been, like, you know, not in the scale of sense, just, like... But what makes the government exempt from killing one another exactly. as well? Aren't we all men here? Aren't we supposed to be equal? Then you get into... <laughs> Sophia, go ahead. Like, which one really is the harsher punishment? And in that case, it's really just, um, it depends on the scenario, because... You know, a lot of the people who are on death row are severely mentally ill and would even want to die because they're just so mentally ill. And that's just not like that's not even a punishment for them. And I'm not saying that's the case with everyone, because obviously I don't I don't know each individual. But to make a decision for someone on like whether they're going to die or not. Uh, to me, there's many things wrong with that, but it's also not necessarily a punishment for some of them. Some of them, it would be um, more of a punishment to have to rot in jail. And that also eliminates, you know, um, killing innocent people. I think also we have a, our jail system also has a big problem too. And 
and that's a whole different thing we can get into too. I mean, criminal justice. Um, oh, is is I, we said jail, raw in jail, but jail actually isn't necessarily that bad depending on who you are. That's also true. Yeah, it's three square like meals said, a day. If you're a murderer, you have plenty of friends. And but yeah, yeah. In the yard, you know, play soccer. <laughs> and like I said, those like the severity of punishments really depends on the individual and people's like personalities you know like some people that is like the worst thing for them and some people it's not even that bad some people would be fine with just dying I know that sounds awful to say and some people like that would be a worse punishment so you know it just really depends on the individual um can I say something um, moderate guys we've got to let the moderator in here uh hold on Cormac what did you or is that your name I gotta leave in eight minutes seven minutes at 8 30 just gotta let you guys know. Okay. Um, but I th- I think why we've gotten so used to the death penalty in general and killing criminals is because like it's been ingrained because it's it's been there since like since some of pretty early civilizations, like an eye for an eye. Say you punch some you 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 break someone's arm, they're gonna break your arm. Or you poke someone's eye out they're gonna poke your eye out so i think like retribution yeah retribution so i think it's just been ingrained that we, and we've kind of gotten used to it so then you read just mercy hmm? what was it effective on this it's about um a criminal justice lawyer who was trying to help people who are on death row and he found that especially and this is back like in the 80s and 90s but a lot of the inmates especially who were african-american um, had very quick trials without a whole lot of evidence display and then just got shipped off to jail. They even executed people who were like minors, like 14-year-old boy. But the other thing is like, what what happens when you make the wrong conclusion and then you end up killing yeah. someone that's totally innocent and then you're like, well, oops, I just killed someone that was- t-. I wanted to finish by saying that the thing that we define as human nature is just- Years that have been wrongfully accused. That's why we should just never do it because you, you can never tell whether they're rightly or wrongly accused and just like send them off. Well, she yeah, can always buy horrible feeling to prove them innocent afterwards. Yeah. But I think also when we talk about, I think we've all kind of agreed on what the death, we don't like the death penalty, it seems like. Um, but yes. I think the next thing we, I feel like we should talk about the jail system in general. I mean, that's very, I feel like it's, it's, from what I've heard, is pretty corrupt in some sense. Also, uh, before we change to the jail system part, um, you also have to think about the family yeah. that were affected by, let's say, a murder. And so most I, I've watched a lot of documentaries and TV shows and stuff about people on death row, murderers, and a good amount of them want to see justice for what they did to them especially for like a very gruesome crime uh, crime like murder but in a very gruesome way how they murdered them what they did to them they want to see justice so you got to also think about that but you just- can you i think like what sophia said it can be mentally even worse yeah. to sit in jail and think about what you did every yeah single day of your life and most of them are have gone crazy so most of them have gone a little crazy from murder or they might have already been 
But also, is is that morally right to put someone in prison and let them do that? I'm always. That's why I say solitary confinement. Yeah, solitary confinement. I think it's sometimes a little better. I mean, it's better than murder, but or not murder, but better than executing them to like let them think about it. But I can see how that can mentally affect them in a very bad, bad way. There's also. can we switch to the jail system yeah, now? Yeah, that's um, from what I've heard. You know, watching my vice documentaries, um, the the for profit um, jail system is problematic because of um, almost like a quota, if you want to say it. Um, because the more people you have in there, I don't know exactly how it works, but you know, it's all about money, basically. Um, I don't know if anyone else has better expertise at this than me to talk about it. I would love to hear someone talk about it, but money. Yeah. Funding that that's main. That's the main part. Like my dad used to be a, a police officer and I, I remember one time and he wanted, he wanted like, he, he said like, if you can, you can do whatever you want, but just don't become a cop because it's one of the worst things mentally affecting can be bad but like i remember they they built a new jail a couple years uh maybe like five six years ago and i would i would sometimes like sit in his office if he had to and it was interesting but to see how it looked where there were no prisoners because i obviously wouldn't be allowed to go in there but just to see where there were no prisoners it was it was it was very interesting to see how it looked i want to put my input in before i have to leave Uh, all right so just about generally in prison yes come out go out with a bang yeah it may it may not it may may be a bit of a non-sequitur but like let's look at places like norway and sweden where they have they focus on rehabilitation rather than punishment i think is just like being the advanced country that we are we should look up to kind of doing that instead because um repeat offense in this country the statistics show it. it's like 80 percent of people in yeah. jail are repeat offenders and then you look at norway and sweden where they prioritize rehabilitation people will say oh but they still have repeat offenses but what they fail to understand is that repeat offense rate is 20 percent it's much different and people in those jails well they're not i don't know if you'd call them jails or whatever but like they can actually do like functioning things they can just go outside and their their cells are not like cages. They're like actually institutionalized. They they're I mean I have if seen you those. see pictures of them, they look yeah. much better. They look like a hotel room almost. That's the thing, like yeah. the vast majority of, of prisoners are not violent murderers or, or criminals. Yeah. They're they're mostly people with low level offenses or who end in just a poor socioeconomic. But even even like even those high profile murders, they uh, they were they went to those jails. They spent 21 years in the rehabilitation and they got out and they were fine. Uh, That's, I mean, also, if we think about that, that will cost us less money because we're not repeatedly jailing someone over and over again. So we, I mean, first of all, if prisons are making money going in, then what's the incentive? Exactly. But it's an incentive. And I I, I do think that almost most criminals do have the potential for rehabilitation and if you just sit them in a jail cell or 
like we said, the death penalty, I mean, there's lots of reasons why the death penalty is a worse option. It's more expensive, actually, than a life sentence. And then I just, I really, I really agree with what Cormac was saying about um, rehabilitation. And it really does, it does work. I know a lot of people, a lot of people will, oh, Connor, or Cormac, God bless you. Thank you so much for coming on. Hope to see you again. Again, thank you so much. Foreign policy first next time. All right. All right, I'll see you. Uh, can I touch on the two things? What for the um you can leave Mac if you don't want to hear this. But um for the what I what I'm trying to say is when you get into jails for rehabilitation, if we talk about rehabilitation, if we want the two things I would want is the moral factors of it, and then also we save money, right? If we don't jail people over and over again, I know like the for-profit jail system, but we could actually save money. I know we wouldn't make more money, but it would also be morally correct. So I feel like it's worth it because I get, it's morally correct and we're saving money. I feel like, I mean, I just, that doesn't happen at all. Like how, how, like you wonder like how to put money. Like it costs a lot of money to house prisoners and feed them and, and do it. Yeah, all that's that. one thing I will say here. So I wanted to touch on that because a lot of people will counter, you know, use my tax dollars up housing all these criminals and bad dudes and bad eggs. So here's how I, what I say. Okay, well then first off, free up your resources by getting rid of some of the, some of the, you know, guys who are only in there for victimless crimes, like, you know, drugs and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, that's a whole there you go already less tax dollars you're spending and rehabilitation programs boom they're in there for less time not going to be spending you know forever and a half you know just sitting there soaking up those beloved tax dollars here so if you really want it then there you go have, and you know have a more lighter take on it and then boom you won't have to be, you know, you won't have to be spending all your tax dollars on, you know, housing the criminals. Well, how how uh, at least to is the same extent as you would otherwise. The government actually contracts out. So, um, for-profit prisons are actually contracted out by the government. So you might say, like, why does the government have the right? Why does the government allow um, companies to house prisoners? But the the government actually contracts out a lot of its work to private companies because. They're usually inherently more efficient in the government. And that's actually true. Private prisons are less expensive to operate than government prisons. And so what they'll do is if it costs them $100 a day to take care of a prisoner, they'll charge the government $150. And the government knows it would cost $200 to do it itself. So then they take the money and the difference from that. Um, but the problem with that is like be for profit. They, they're they're nonprofit. And, and if the government could just make their prisons more efficient, then they wouldn't have to worry about the whole contracting system in the first place. Let's just make government more efficient in general. What about the Congress? <laughs> yeah. Well, you, why is the government less efficient? And there's probably something in there that, that the private companies are doing that might not be the best if you looked into it too closely. I mean, contractors are used all around the government. Talk about the Defense Department. My dad works at Inject. I mean, like, he was a contractor for a lot of the time he was there, and then he finally got a job at the government. But And part of the reason the government does that is because it, it spreads out the money of the government among private companies and, and people, yeah. um, which is true. Like, private prisons deliver jobs. Money but is it really worth it to focus on jobs over, you know, human lives? 
I think I think even bigger issue is just the moral problems that jail in general has. Well, yeah, I think public and private, there's issues with it. Yeah, um, Sophia looks like she's trying to say something. Were you trying to say something? Oh, no. I, you looked like you were. She's just, oh, she's just sorry. Sorry. So I feel like, how do we want to move on from this? I mean, are we feeling good about this? Yeah, I suppose. I suppose we can move on to our big. We can move on to a topic that we actually will disagree about. Yeah, I, yeah, I want to talk about capitalism. Yeah, we've been to agree. later. Socialism versus capitalism. We have some very Connor. opinions in here. Connor is, Connor, is, Connor is a firm Marxist. Uh, Connor will bring the. I don't think I'm a firm Marxist, but. Maybe a under Marxist. <laughs> Wait, Connor, you're a Marxist? On the two things. What, for the. Um, you can leave, Mac, if you don't want to hear this. But um, for the. Are you, are you like more of a Trotskyist or more of like a Lenin, like Mao, which kind of thought? I, I, okay, into? I don't know if I'm the only one who can barely hear Jackson. I think I heard yeah. your question. Um, so okay, I here, here, I can answer though. I heard what you said. Can you I just, hear me now? Yes, Jackson. Yes, just stop <laughs> it. <laughs> so, um, Sorry so, for being So I... I'm still, um, to be honest, I'm still um, learning and reading about, you know, different communist theories, and I can't say I'm decided on which one is really best suited for me. Um, I would say, yeah, you know, maybe leaning Marxist, but I just, I am relatively new to it, so I can't really, you know, say that I'm one or the other but i would say that just uh, as long as you i would be uh more similar to um a democratic socialist like you know kind of a european type system which i recognize is not the best suit for america but Rosa Luxemburg. <gasps> yeah hello right. oh my oh my god <laughs> she joined i'm so sorry it's like you just oh, like, oh my god. I know. What, did you? Here, what? Here. What took you so long to get ready? <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't even. I don't. Okay, I'm just gonna. I sent you a link and told you we were starting. In Wait, what time did we start? It's like an hour. Seven thirty. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all, right. Here. all right, okay. all right. Everybody's like, here. Uh, Let's start. Wait, what are you talking about? Capitalism versus socialism. Yes, capitalism. So we had an impeachment, and then we got death penalty. Wait, what? We were talking no, about we talked if about the death penalty. And then we talked about the death penalty in jail, and then we now we're moving on to oh, um, capitalism versus socialism. Okay. Um. Uh, right. In history class, we're learning about socialism versus capitalism, like right now. So, so are we? Yeah, I have context. Alrighty, Let's start. <laughs> What's your take on you and Sophia can have an excellent discussion. <laughs> Where should we start today? Let's. I want to bring up a point. There has never been a real capitalism capitalist 
like government or communist what? or socialist. Or then what have been all the government? Because it's who's the moderator? What have all the government uh, been? It's Braden. Oh, Jack. The moderator is Braden. He's my stepbrother. Oh yeah, he's the boy. Yeah, my stepbrother. Yeah, we all love him. He's the boy. Let's. Okay. I want to start with what I was talking about. Okay. Was that there's never so, been a Connor, real like. Connor, what are all the governments then? What I'm saying is, is there never been like to the T the capital- definition of capitalism? I get. Well, it. that's why I mean, governments don't exist in vacuums. You can, I, you can. That's why utopias don't exist because people are are more complex than that. Like a government has to have some amount of compromise, some amount of yeah. in it. Like we criticize our government for being inefficient, but at the same time, if it wasn't inefficient, then we might be like China. So you kind of have to have that. Like you can't ever have a system in theory. And that's really my argument for any communist uh, like government is that it would work in a utopia. But that's then, why, we're not talking about a utopia. We're talking about real life. That's what I'm saying. It's that communists would work. This book in is really utopia. good. That cookie was amazing. But besides that, I don't feel like it could work because it that just doesn't have all these things working so perfectly together and morally sound. To work okay. together. So Connor, so do you say that because of, um, I think you brought this up last time, but I'm not sure your argument about how communism inherently goes against human nature. Yes. About what, see what, what you wanted. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm not saying it goes, those almost are two different arguments for for why not um but but human nature is another one where you brought up the idea of class um and and different um like high society whatever no. You want to call it. No. the problem is even in if it was a a socialist government whatever you want to call it it doesn't matter what government it is that kind of class is going to end up happening there's no stopping it um, that it just happens like that. It's human Megan nature. Megan wants to talk. <laughs> oh, okay. So, um, so I agree. Um, so for me, I feel like I agree with your previous point of, um, with Connor, your previous point of like, um, I think the idea of socialism and communism, like the idea sounds, you know, good. And like, it sounds cool. And you know something worth pursuing, but um, but on like this point now, I think it does go against um, human nature because like from because like when I think of like you know where we came from, like going back you know to thousands of years ago when humans were first you know evolving, the people with the land and the people with the food like we're obviously on top of the social hierarchy and so like competition and everything is just part of our human nature especially as animals and like people who are self-driven and like we're we're learning about this in class guys i'm really excited okay okay i'm actually really excited but yeah i think it goes against human nature because like the idea is good but when it comes down to implementing said ideas it's just like I think it 
it, yeah, in a utopia it would work, but it fails to like account for real life, I guess, like what Mr. Smith said. I also like my name is Cole. Okay. <laughs> Sophia, you you bring up why are you getting so excited when I talk about human nature? You got to do you have something against that? Okay, yeah. So I think the human nature argument is bullshit. Um so everyone talks sorry, about Sorry, no cursing. Sorry, sorry. It's it's <laughs> stupid. <laughs> um so the human nature argument when people talk about, you know, capitalism, well, when you say that communism goes against human nature, I would assume you're making the um, assumption that capitalism doesn't. And I think that like what that is inferring or like whatever is saying is that you can quantify, like you can quantify human incentive because what we're trained is like, you know, you work for money, right? And that's not a human nature thing. That's a capitalism thing. That's what capitalism trained us is that in order to work, like the thing that defines incentive is money, like a scalar quantity, which thousands of years ago when humans were first, you know, evolving, the people with the land and the people with the food. Why people think it's human nature because it's true that under this system, like you have to think that way. You have to behave that way. And you have to like, we all have to be trained to like that incentive is how much money you get because that's how we're living. But I don't think you can apply that and say that that would be the case in any other system because that's because that's the case in our current system. I hope that makes sense. Like human nature, what I'm right, trying right. to say um, at the heart well, of it. Let me say something. That, let me say something. I'd like to say. Jackson, uh, okay. No, 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 I'm sorry. Jackson, the the human nature thing isn't oh isn't, it's me isn't about no. Let me finish this first. Hold on. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Everybody. All right. Sophia, is there something you wanted to finish on? Yes, I wanted to finish by saying that the thing that we define as human nature is just what we have learned as a result of capitalism being ingrained in us. That's it. Okay, Jackson, what were you gonna say? My question is. If, it, if that's not human, it is human nature, I think. I, I think it's a good, it's a good question. Because no, I then, think Jackson. And I think... What she's getting yes. wrong is that it's not human nature to, to for money, like incentive money. I When I talk about human nature, I talk about class. Not, not like... Yeah, I agree with that. It's um. not human nature to to work for money no but it's human nature to categorize things and put things into groups Con. and like think about like if you're on a schoolyard you'll tend to like start to pull into groups and you'll be like oh these are the popular kids and these are like the nerds sorry megan hold on this happens yeah i know uh, I Jackson, well Jackson, in the first Jackson. Place. hold on sorry before you start talking yes. uh, megan what were you what are you saying trying to say okay um, so I would like to, yeah, just like, you know, put in my point. Okay. So, um, I agree with Sophia that like the like world that we're in is super like materialistic and yeah. Ingraining in us, like 
pursuit of wealth is gonna, you know, like hard work, blah, 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 money, like focus all on this and like being successful in life. That's how you measure it. Are you wealthy? Are you not? Like that's um, what we're like trained to go after, especially us being like, well, I'm assuming a lot of us in the middle class. And then like, I also agree with Connor's point of um, that like for human nature, it is gonna be over like who have like the haves and the have nots. Like you're gonna differentiate yourselves and like separate and the people that have more are gonna maybe go to the top and then the people that don't have as much are like maybe gonna go towards the bottom. But like um coming down to like the point of human nature, um, I think it is like based on yeah, separation, but then capitalism specifically, I think is what's like training us to be like, um, you know, going after money and materialism. And here's the, here's the problem, if I might chime in here. Um, so in any government, you're going to have classes, right? You're going to have people who are on the bottom and on the top. And in a capitalist society, the people on top are the ones who have money, right? And we, we know that as a flaw of capitalism, I mean, Karl Marx had a very good critique of capitalism in his book, which was written before the government stepped in and kind of regulated the market to be uh, more fair to the worker. But in communism, if everyone's on the same page- Stop yeah. it! <laughs> so, um, sorry so, for being So I- Russia and China, the people at the top turn the country into an authoritarian regime, and the people at the bottom are all equal in their lack of everything. Oh, Sophia is ready. That's a good point. Um, Sophia, what were you? Okay, doing? okay. I'm so excited about this. Okay. <laughs> For real. So, when you guys make like a critique of communism, it's only fair to assume that you think this problem wouldn't occur or would occur less in capitalism. That could be incorrect, but either way, I'm still going to talk about it. So, you're talking about how classes will still exist under communism and like I see your point about you know people sorting themselves into groups and but I just don't see how that's a real critique of um, communism because in under capitalism we know that people are like like heavily divided by wealth wait 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 um, <laughs> people are heavily they're, uh, Connor they're ex Russia and China the people at the top turn the country into an authoritarian regime and the people at the bottom are all equal and they're laws of capitalism. I just don't see how saying that some form of like social groups would still exist under communism, even in a classless society. I don't see how that's a fair critique because it's obviously not going to be the same extreme inequality that we have right now. Addressing the second thing that I think Cole said about how I'm not sure if you made the claim about communism being inherently authoritarian, but I'm going to debunk that anyway. He wasn't. Um, he did not say that. He said, I, I, well, well, yeah, what, what I was saying was that, okay, well, I if I, that, I interject <laughs> again, um, when I said that uh, there are always classes in society, what I meant is there are always power differences in society. And in a capitalist society, the power difference is expressed in economic classes. And we can agree, you know, someone like Jeff Bezos is unfathomably rich and has so much more power than me or you, but we still live good lives. Like, just because there's an extreme economic inequality doesn't mean that our lives are adversely affected.
But in a communist system, there's always going to be a power differential. So where does that power go? The power goes to the top of the government. And that government has, in every single time communism has been tried, I believe, in practice, it has created an authoritarian regime at some point. Okay, or so... To a different form of government. Okay, I, okay, can so... Can I put in one thing? No, I know yeah, you're going to no, say, hold Connor. On, hold on, I know you're going to say... Let Connor, let, that... let Connor talk. Okay. I'm sorry. No, I want to talk about drugs. Let's... Uh, no, oh, no Connor, Connor, it's we're not, going. No, Connor, we're not talking about drugs. We're talking about this is going somewhere. It's an analogy. Okay. <laughs> Let him speak. It was just like a, you know, a cool like punchline. Um. Every if we like, let's think about when we banned alcohol. <laughs> there was still bootleg alcohol. Oh, not this. Oh my God. Okay, sorry. All right, hold on, when, Sophia. When you think about when it, let's so if we try to make everyone equal, there's still many backdoor deals. <laughs> People are still going to try to rise to power. It's human nature to to want power. They always want to be in the in the lead, right? It's not everyone's human nature, but it definitely is in a lot of people's human nature to do that. Um, and they're gonna do whatever they want to get into that position. And that's why it leads to authoritarian um, regimes. Because let's. Uh, no. Oh, no, Connor, Connor, it's we're not, going. No, Connor, we're not talking about drugs. Talking this is going somewhere. It's an analogy. In general, we have something called checks and balances to balance out different things. It's like a drug dealer getting to like high ranks. All right. Um, you know, bad analogy, but you get it. No, I think Sophia deserves to have her response. Sophia, what are you oh, going to say? Oh, shoot. Um, so Cole made, I completely forgot what I was going to say, but um, okay, Cole said something about authoritarianism that was different from what Connor said. And I wanted to talk about that. So basically my understanding or my opinion is that you can never truly avoid authoritarianism or authority of any form um, no matter what your system is it's just a matter of you know what group is holding the authority and i think that i mean i know so what's that, the point of your system what do you mean can you let me talk if no one if no hey, one hold on, connor hold on just i'm getting finish. somewhere with this so so I think that under, well, I know that under capitalism, when you have the bourgeoisie who are the authority, I mean, the corporations, the extremely wealthy people who are- <laughs> We're learning about this. Okay. Okay, sorry. Who are, okay. you know, yeah. who hold the power. <laughs> um, that's, that's when you get into, you know, all this extreme exploitation that's going on. and. Although, like, Marx's, what Marx claims is that, like, you're always going to have that, you're always going to have the authority. You cannot eliminate it. It's just a matter of what group holds the authority. So when you, so for example, under like, especially during, um, like, socialism, um, so if you're having like that transitional period, it's going to be in, you know, the proletariat. That's going to be who it is. And yeah, so that's that's my thinking on 
that specific claim. And there was something else that you said that, oh my God, I had such a good response for, but then I forgot it. So um, um, if you like, if you think of that again, just, just uh, say it or something, uh, Megan or Connor, anybody. Well, I know Connor was going to say something, but. Like if you can't, your whole point sorry, Cole, I'll get you time. Communism, whatever you want to call it. Um, because I, I don't know it that well. Um, so I'm kind of shooting from the hip here, but um, if you if you can't make everyone equal, what's the point of it? And you know, like, so if there's always going to be someone having more power, what's the point? And the, the whole point was to make everyone equally. And the other thing is uh, also if you want to implement this in the United States, right? Is that that your idea? Yeah. And how would you do that? Um, so I want to talk. I want to also talk about the things. Um, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But uh, before we get into this, we'll get back to this. Cold. I know you were gonna try to say something. Yeah. Sure. Sorry. Okay. Um, you mentioned how there's a transition period in in in. You can't go right from a capitalist society to communist society. There has to be a transition where workers sees um, the government, sees the means of production, you know, and then establish that. And that's what Russia tried to do in 1917, you know, during the Bolshevik Revolution. But what happened was, turns out the proletariat liked being in power, and the proletariat who were in power stayed in power, and suddenly Russia gets frozen into an authoritarian regime and never turns anything else. Power drunk. It's wishful thinking that you're going to go from a socialist country to a communist country, and especially in the United States. I mean, so many people consider socialism worse than Hitler. Um, a boogeyman. It's, yep. it's just such a it's like a buzzword that's just awful for people. Like I, I think it's I, I do, do you think, think that? I'm not saying it's it's not a good thing. Um, although I don't agree with that either. But I think it's impossible for communism to be done here, at least in the next hundred years. All right, um, Connor and Sophia. I also. So, like, I, I know you said in the past you need a revolution to put into this place. The pro, I think the better way to get it is reform it. If you want more socialist ideas, I think you have to reform the government more than just replace the government. Because you would have so many more problems. And you can't go far enough. If you're a democratic socialist or a social democrat. That's, yeah, that's what my view is. Well, we I can reform the government to be better. Wait. We you're a social democrat right not a democratic socialist um i would say i believe well okay i would say i believe that we should have a government system that provides health care and college education for all and so you know it's very similar to what europe has and so i don't know what you would call that exactly if that's democratic socialism i think that's the term that i've heard and i feel like also, I feel like that's that's sort of what I get at is that like there's ideas from socialism that I like and I would like to implement them into what we have in general. We have something called checks and balances to balance out different things. So like the the appeal of of communism and socialism is that you know you abolish capitalism and capitalism is what's you know the root of all these you know, systemic issues like yeah. the extreme wealth inequality and systemic racism and even like sexism, stuff like that. And if you if you reform it, it's still going to be there. Like exactly. no matter how I, many reforms. I, I must say. I would I be going to communism though. 
I also I agree. Hold on, hold on. With, yeah, let Jackson talk. I agree with Sophia in saying that I don't think you can reform capitalism out of existence. It's just not. You can make it a more capitalism what? or whatever, but at the end of the day, well, Jackson, uh, it's still going to be a market system. And, we're not. We're um, not. What, I'm not reforming on. it out of existence. I also believe that that these systemic racism problems, systemic, uh, all these systemic problems actually don't come from the system, but comes from the people running the system. They take advantage of the system. No matter what system you put it under, people are going to take advantage of it. All right. Um, simple hold on. Megan that. has something, something to say. Um, so um, I'm like, yeah, um, hearing you guys learning about, um, you know, what you guys are talking about. So this is good. But um, I don't know how relevant this is, but um, America was like built on, um, you know, ideas of individualism and going after, you know, your own pursuit of wealth and going after your own, like, you know, your own pursuit of happiness. And it talks about all these things that America was built on with the same like values that America, all Americans should have like hard work and going after what you want and, you know, becoming successful, like the American dream, everything like that, you know? So that, and that was based on, you know, capitalism and yeah, taking your own like wealth into your own hands and rebelling. Well, during this time, like during this 18th century, I think it was when America was built, like taking away the power from the monarchs and the clergy and nobility and everything that was in power in Europe. And then these ideas were brought over to America. So here, um, I think it would kind of be like against our values to, I think it's good for, um, moral improvement to have you know what Europe has like health care for all and then education I think it's college I don't know I don't know but um I think a lot of other ideas not along those lines that socialism and communism have would be against like American like values of the self-made like person wait yeah, so Sophia. Megan, you said you said that if I heard you correctly, that you're in favor of programs like um, healthcare and affordable college stuff like that, right? Yeah. No, hey. that's cool. Yeah, I said that. No, Megan just said that. I think it's that, a good like idea. We're all in favor of that. I don't. Pursue. Well, I thought Megan was a Trump supporter. Am I wrong about that? So. No, I am. I am. Trump ran on a platform of universal health care in 2000. All of those things. Right. I think it would be something to pursue and work towards because if Europe can do it, then I think we should be able to do it as well. But yeah, going back to the point of a transition state, like I just feel like, because I mean, morally, I think that's right. Like healthcare and um, education, like I think that's right, like to have it for everybody. But at the same time, like, should it be the equal like amount or like equal value? I'm not so sure. I okay. I I want to address. I I'm not going to get into the fact that those are the opposite of things that Trump. Um, well, we can get into that in a second, but I really don't want to lose track of the thing that Connor said right before that, which was about how um, 
capitalism doesn't like isn't the cause for those issues it's more about the people abusing it and so I kind of want about you know the systemic issues that I talked about um, climate change systemic racism things like that so um, one of my like main focuses in being pro-communism is climate change I'm an eco-leftist for that reason and my my take on that is so Capitalism is a highly exploitative system um, for humans and the planet, like natural resources. And I think, I mean, this the system is driven by um, a profit and accumulation. So the, the, the issue with this is that um, this need is always going to be a priority of that of like, you know, individual like, human well-being and well-being of the natural environment and things like that so that's always going to be a priority over that so like this system just isn't sustainable for multiple i mean for those reasons for multiple reasons um, um all right uh cole, it looked like yeah i, know, cole I, I looked, think you're cole wants to say right. something like i'm I, not done oh can i okay. have another second yeah go ahead so, more seconds Okay, so yeah, so regulations aren't gonna remove this the economic mo profit motive from our economy. So as long as it's driven by profit, it's gonna continue to find ways to get around regulations and exploit people and exploit the planet, no matter what regulations are in place. People always want loopholes and always no are gonna find what them. system That's there it. is. There's always loopholes. Well, okay, can I, can I talk about this for a second? Yeah, go ahead. So I, I totally agree with you. The entire history of the United States has been one about exploiting the environment, um, you know, from the settlers who deforested the entire East Coast, you know, to the railroad, to fossil fuels, and to, I mean, you could say plastic now. I think one danger is in saying that just because a government isn't inherently efficient at doing, isn't, is inherently inefficient at doing that one thing doesn't mean it's good. Like, look at China. They dealt with co the coronavirus so much better than we did. And Part of that was due to Trump being, uh, you know, I, I think he was incompetent. But I also think no matter who was in charge, China would have done a better job. And the reason for that is because China's government is so authoritarian and centralized, they can just shut down a whole city, film people, right? We can't do that here, which is a good thing. And yeah. I think, what, the, what, 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 going back to the environment, people don't hate the environment. People don't have a desire to burn down trees. People have a desire to do whatever is easiest and cheapest and best for them. And in this case... Fossil fuels are easiest and cheapest and best for them. Gas cars are easiest and cheapest and best for them. But what happens when, for example, an electric car comes out, like a Tesla, that everyone likes more than a gas car, people start buying Teslas. And so when, when it becomes economically more viable to do things that are good for the environment, it will happen. And the government may, and it'll happen slower in a capital society, but it will still happen. Um, hold on, hold on, uh, Connor. Megan, right. you... Yeah, I just had a really cool question. Um, so, Sophia, are you, you are pro- Communism or pro-socialism? Communism. Okay. Okay. Go on. I mean, yeah, okay. they're they're not um, really that different. Communism, socialism, is just a transition phase. But this okay. is, yeah. Um, yeah. Hold on. Connor so was going to say something. Big things about this. I'm going to go straight off of Cole. What Cole saying? You have to make if you want something to be adopted, make it profitable. And the thing is, is that it's not very hard to make renewable energies profitable because they're making themselves profitable. Every year goes by, they're getting cheaper and cheaper. Carbon tax. And the second thing is when you take out profit from, from 
what do you lose when you lose profit? You lose innovation. You don't get a lot of innovation when you don't have profit because it pushes other people. That's why competition's really good because you can have competition and it pushes other people to spend more money to make more innovative products that's going to be better for the environment, better for people, better for... And those, those things, yeah, could do the other opposite, total opposite thing. But because we don't have, like Cole's saying, yeah, we can't get things under control real fast, but that's a good thing because we don't just control everyone's lives. You know, <laughs> like China's surveillance system is so broad. Like you go in there, they know exactly everything you're doing. They track you on the internet. They track you through cameras. They track you. Their surveillance system's getting bigger and bigger. And yeah, they, could, they can deal with stuff really quickly because they don't have to go through a bunch of checks and balances to get something done. But because we have checks and balances, it makes sure that someone doesn't just take over power or just do whatever they want. Why, why do, that's exactly what the impeachment's for, right? To stop that from just him doing whatever he wants or All so. Right. Are you, are you done or you want to say yeah. something else? Okay. Uh, Jackson, do you want to say something? I have so many things to say, honestly. Okay. I don't even know <laughs> talk, where to start. Talk. Um, uh, you haven't said anything in a while. Yeah, I have not. Um, well, I don't know where to start. That's the problem. I, I just I have so many things I want to address. Sure. I have to go on 10 minutes. Um, just so I know. Oh, okay. That's all right, Cole. All right, Sophia. Oh, it's my turn? Yeah, I guess so. Okay. Mm -hmm. So... This was what you said was kind of an example of what I was talking about earlier of how deeply capitalism is ingrained into us, like to the point where you brought up the argument that like humans or businesses don't won't have the incentive to do anything unless there's a profit and by profit that means like money, which is exactly what I was saying about how like like we we don't just naturally like need money i mean we we're trained that we have to do things to obtain money because of the capitalist system that we live under so i just i don't see how that's so, an argument at all i mean so let's talk well, can i respond to that mm -hmm. um, yes go ahead. i think money is a substitute for power right, right. Money is how you earn things money is how you live your life money is how you show your worth against other people and you're right, money is not a perfect substitute for power. But my concern with communism is power gets substituted for something else. And that something else is probably far worse. And in fact, you know, near the government, what are the motivation for people to listen to the government? In our society, it's mostly economic, right? If you don't listen to the government, you're not going to be able to really live your life. But the underlying motive behind everything is, is brute force. You know, worst case scenario, even if you got evicted from your house, then you get arrested and you go to the police, right? And they're going to get locked up. That's what a government has. The government has a military and police. And so in a country like Russia, if there's no economic motive for people to do things, how does the government compel you to do things? It and does what, and, and, and let's say, is there, is, would there be private businesses? No. There, no. So if, if there, the, what is the incentive to make, well, this phone works perfectly fine. Let's just keep making it. Like, 
like there's one one other thing that goes against that is that yeah human nature also wants to make like just is curious and then wants to do things and that will push it along very slowly the only thing profit does is it quickens that up really fast like yeah we would eventually get to like the first iphone but not as fast as we probably would have because the profits would have been there uh megan you want to say something i mean is one no iphone so uh, sophia hold on megan uh, yeah, okay, Megan ran raised. That was, that was all I had to say. No, it's it's not that there would have been no iPhone. It's about innovation. Uh, hold on, Connor. Megan had her hand raised. Um, yeah, I agree. Or, like, I agree with Connor's point of like, um, it like quickens up competition and like speeds everything up. Like, um, because I think that, yeah, like going out or trying to obtain power or money or lands, like, just trying to accumulate um is part of human nature but i also think like hard work is part of human nature like people want yeah like what connor was saying people are curious people want to go out and make things and do things that are going to be you know progressive like they're curious to try and find things and like innovate and all these things and without competition that would definitely like slow way way down and then with control on top of that so like controlling um businesses like to check competition so that it doesn't get too out of hand like um i think that's what socialism like kind of does like checks um competition so it's you know not super crazy and doesn't make you know the rich richer and the poor poor and everything so i just think that government like regulation of that is against human nature because people yeah need competition and want to work hard so like trying to control that is just not a good idea oh my gosh megan okay can i can i have my turn yeah, yeah. see okay after y'all are done i want to say something yeah let jackson when you're done when sophia sophia after talk. You're done. okay good. you made such a good point and you were so close okay so what you said is so true about, you know, people want to do, I think, I think this is what you're getting at. People like want to pursue things that they like are interested in. That is exactly what capitalism is preventing us from doing. Capitalism is preventing people from being motivated to do work, but that's disguised by the claim that, oh, well, you get profit for doing things. Okay. Well, you get profit for working at McDonald's. Like that's not something people want to do. Like for example, okay, we, uh, I just had a brain fart. We were talking about motive. Okay, so under communism, especially in the era that we're living in, which is moving towards you know AI and AI controlling more of the means of production, and obviously that's going to put people out of jobs. And with that, if if we had communism. People are more free to pursue their individual, you know, passions and desires and do things like pursue an education and pursue things that they really care about. And that's what's going to make society flourish, not be people being forced to be wage slaves in jobs that they don't care about, aren't passionate about, don't give them motivation and are suppressing like people's actual like individual goals and 
aspirations. That's what's like preventing our society from flourishing. That's not something capitalism's enforcing uh, or reinforcing, it's preventing it. There we go. I mean, the, the if you talk about that, like- Hold on, uh, Connor, Connor, Jackson wanted to say something after. Yeah, oh, yeah I see your point, okay. Oh. After that, can I go? Because I have to go after this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then Connor. Let me see. Yeah, Jackson, go. So I was actually, I was actually going to say the exact opposite point right before Sophia ended up saying her point. So now I'm going to, you know, say why I dis- completely disagree with said thing. I actually think it's completely the opposite. Um, see, socialism and communism is generally more puts more emphasis on the collective rather than the individual. At least the way I see it. And so, you know, if we look at, um, you know, there's two. Obviously, there's more agrarian forms of so- communism. There's more industrialized you know if you compare Pol Pot versus Stalin you know they're opposites but um if you look at the more industrialized and technocratic ones um those innovations they make generally aren't for personal pleasures they're not for the individual they they're military stuff they're you know technologies like you know space stuff there's stuff that you know is for the nation, the com, the common people, rather than individual things like phones and stuff. Um, and so, the way I see it, it's not, it's not about the individual in a communist society. It's about the greater people and the greater nation. You know, uh, there you be, you know, your your technology is going towards the efforts of the greater Soviet Union. It's basically um, it's like not a, going for yourself. It's not you you're not making you stuff do. yourself. Exactly. You're not doing stuff really for yourself. I mean, you're um, doing it for everyone else. In this, a great no. example is looking at the Soviet Soviet in film industry. Uh, there, you know, creative creative liberty was pretty much constrained. You would be ordered, okay, here's the film you're going to make. This is what it's going to be about. This is what its message is going to be. Now make it. They, right. they use quotas. Uh, they use things like that. It, it very much constrains. Uh, individual freedom to flourish and do what they want. The art, you know, like I often, you know, I don't think someone like Walt Disney uh, ever would have been able to, you know, go make the films like like Snow White or uh, and start the, you know, start the whole animation, his whole animation series um, in the Soviet Union if he were in the Soviet Union instead of the American, the United States. That's my take on it. All right. All right. Uh, well, I'll say last piece because I got to go. Um, yeah. Pretty much what it comes down to for me is that capitalism is an inherently flawed system that works. It works by, by balancing, it works by, you know, having human nature, which is you need a purpose in your life and you need something to motivate you. And that's what money does. And it might not be the best for everyone, but it does work. You know, the U.S. is a stable country and capitalist countries are far more stable in the long run than communist or socialist countries. And when I look at all these countries that have tried these ideas, you just don't see them working. You just see economic poverty, authoritarian governments. You see wars. It just doesn't look good, whether the theory works or not. Um, I think Karl Marx had a great critique of capitalism. I do not think his system that he devised was is something attainable. And I think utopias inherently don't work because they don't take into account that human nature is not fundamentally good or bad. It, it needs to be. It needs to have motives and it needs to have balances, and that's what capitalism provides. Um, but that's it. Thank you guys for inviting me on here. Bye, Absolutely. Bye, Cole. We can't wait to have, I hope to have yeah, you again, We hope Cole. we have you again. Yeah, sure. We really sure, appreciate your great presence. line to have in here. Woo! Um, Bye. Please join again. Touch upon, like, exactly what he was talking about. Like, how would you prevent, like, 
what you really need to do is like, Sophie, is like, how would every single part of it work? And then you could argue more about it. But like, how could you stop someone from just rising in the ranks in, in your society that you're planning up? How would you stop someone from just taking over? Well, 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 first off, Connor, I think she beforehand, beforehand needs to, she deserves to be able to rebuke my, you know, my previous point because you're okay, moving yeah, on yeah, go without ahead. getting a chance. She deserves a chance to say a counter argument. Sophia. Um, right, like. right. So, so you were talking about the motive of, if this is the point that I think we just went over was, the individual versus the, the you know other people like the other people in society and i just don't think it's fair to say that when you do something or when you like do work in a communist society that you're doing it for other people because the whole idea is that when you are performing these like your job or whatever when you're working under capitalism it's for yourself to make money and the idea of you know so in you communism, what to make money communism so you can and for don't have to rely on for the collective individual. Right. So that communism, is. you're not working for other people. You're working for the collective, which benefits which each is individual. Other people. The collective is one. Yes. The, the collective isn't other people. On, it also yeah. is yourself. But that also, what the problem with that is that that could end up them making everyone do a job that you actually don't want to do anyway. Like, like how would the society work in general? Like someone's going to have to be working to make it work. So they're going to have to make someone work. You can't all just be like, I'm just going to invent something today. Um, someone's going to have to be doing like cleaning out the sewage. Uh, who's going to do that? Um, Who's going to be manufacturing, um, which is going to be taken over by robots? Yeah. Um, um, who's right. going to do the low end jobs and who's going to do the high end jobs? All right. Who's going to do um, the middle jobs? Matt, How do we decide that? What do you have to say? Are we Megan. going, Megan? Megan. Oh, so I just have a question of who I'm just, I need a clarifying question. Who um, runs? Um, like socialists and communists, like, like who runs them? Like, I'm just confused on like who is in charge when that's the form of government. Like, is it the, is it like, okay, obviously it's people, but like, is it like elected or like, how does that, how do they get in charge? Yeah. So, so in, in socialism, it's um, what's known as a direct democracy. So what we have right now is a representative or a representative democracy. So people like vote for representatives who vote on issues. Um, socialism would be every single individual votes on the individual issues. So that's a de direct democracy. And how, the problem with that, if you go back Hold to like- on, uh, Megan. Just really clarifying. Okay, it's super quick. Are there, um, are there political parties in communist governments? Okay. Okay. Nope. All right, Connor, what were you gonna say? It's usually a one-party state. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it shouldn't be, but you know. Connor, what were you gonna say? Um, I want I want Sophia to go back for what I was saying. Um, how do you prevent that? Just you, you, someone's gonna have to do all those jobs. So how how someone's gonna have to pick to say something to tell you who's gonna do now, what? Let me let me give you a little context to back that up. 
So this is here. I'm giving you a quick story about Boris Shumyatsky. He was a Soviet politician and diplomat and a, um, an executive producer for the Soviet film Monopoly. <clears throat> so Mr. Shumyatsky, he was a communist and stuff. So he was in charge of the Soviet film industry. Um, the um, so basically Stalin had a you know personal obsession with cinema. So he requ he would require Mr. Shumyatsky to uh, make a film within a certain period of time and have to, it be about a certain topic um, and have a certain message. Um, and essentially, if, if the film did not get, you know, if it wasn't good enough in his eyes, then it would, it would be scrapped. So um, basically, one, so beforehand, what they were actually doing was they were, you know, they were doing a standard film industry and they were putting out like 148 movies a year. Then once they started doing that, it went down to like 35 movies a year um, because they would, they would, he would just force them to work under these impossible conditions and they would, they would have to do this because this was their job. This was their job. This was what the state needed. This is what the people, um, which, you know, people equates to Stalin in this instance, this is what the people needed. This was the uh, people's film. So and then eventually he ended up getting executed for treason um, because he wasn't making the movies fast enough. But anyways, that's a that's my little story. I hope. That um, uh, Connor, was what do you have to say? At all. Hold on, uh, Sophia. Let let her let her respond to it all, okay, and then I Sophia. also have another thing. Okay. Um, I don't really understand the point that Jackson was making with the movies, but like my thinking is that oh. what yo please elaborate because i don't understand your point like here what do yeah, we just all is, vote on the next movie that's Con gonna be connor, made? Connor. hold on connor let him connor, may I please may i please state yes. my point go ahead go ahead go ahead i need i would like to i'd like to be able to <clears throat> my point is is that it constrains the individual it constrains the creative the creative liberty in terms of art like you know films and paintings and stuff and music same thing um you can take another uh, example in the music industry, you have uh, Dmitry Sashkatovich. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, where he he had this pretty much the same thing. Um, where in terms of art, one you're constrained. Um, in and then they, it's very much in the same kind of thing in the. Uh, Basically, my understanding or my opinion is that you can never truly. You know, in the system, they would you know the holodomorph we're familiar with that um where you know you'd take any any group that was trying to go against what the greater designs of the people were would just have their you know assets be liquidated everything you know they'd be liquidated liquidated um so my point is is that it just it the it's about what the collective wants but whatever the collective can be anyone from you know a bunch of people to just one person claiming that they're worth doing it all for the greater people so it can it, but ultimately it's a top it's still a top down in that you're getting orders for what you need to be doing you're getting your quotas you're getting so it constrains it constrains i it constrains uh innovation personal thought especially in yeah exactly um because you couldn't do you know you couldn't do experimental films and stuff and you'd have to do what you know, I'm going back to the film example, but same thing with music, same thing with art. And you could have you. This was what you were producing, 
technologically, um, you'd be working on this. You'd get assigned, okay, this, these people will be working on trying to develop new tanks. These people will be working on trying to develop, <clears throat> once they got to it, nukes and stuff. So, and so on and so on. So I think that's why I don't think it's really the, it really is, it can, it can ultimately be, it's still a top down system in terms of, so I hope that kind of explains and clears up what I, my point was. Okay, so I'm ready to talk about Connor's point. So I'm, I'm not gonna use a different argument. It's still the same argument that, and I have to head out soon, but um, I'll end with this, is that like what I was saying, we know that communism isn't gonna come anytime soon. I, I mean, I want it, but I know it's not gonna happen anytime soon. And we're going to keep, you know, increasing our, you know, like automation. That's, that's only going to keep increasing greatly. So we already have, okay, Megan wants to propose something. Okay. Um, we already have the technology to automate most menial labor. And that's only going to keep increasing. And like I said, we're not having communism tomorrow. So the majority of bad jobs, like, factory workers and like, you know, the stuff that no one wants to do is, is going to be automated. So I don't think that's a good argument. But I also and think, what did Megan want to but my, but my thing was even, even in the jobs people do want to do, it's still constrained. Well, I know um, Jackson, I was, I was refuting Connor's point though. I really, I strong, you know, I strong, to be honest with you, I strongly agree. Um, thank you, everyone. Yes, thank you, Absolutely. everyone. Yes. for being Thank you so much, guys. We appreciate all our guests.